your employee number 12 at one of the top online e-learning platforms for entrepreneurs, and you see it explode to tens of thousands of users all over the world with the help of your content strategies. My guest, Tyler Basu, was that guy. Today, he runs the digital agency Influencer Studio. Listen up as you'll learn how to think about content marketing from one of the very best. Welcome to today's show. Welcome to Off My Duff, the entrepreneur podcast. Off My Duff is all about getting off your backside and finally, making your impact by living your truth. If you are an entrepreneur with a heart to help others, you're in the right place. We chat with guests from seven figures to just starting out because that's how we roll. Off My Duff is the nudge you need to expand your business and slay resistance. So without further ado, I invite you to get off your duff and let's get started now. Here's your host, Duff Gardner. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to Off My Duff, the entrepreneur podcast, where we speak to people about stepping out into the world and making the impact they want and, of course, getting off their backside. I'm Duff Gardner. It's nice to meet you again, and thanks for coming to the call, and I'm glad to be your host. I'm excited today to have a guest, Tyler Basu, who is from my neck of the woods, and uh, has got some really interesting stuff to talk to you about today in terms of content creation, the startup world. Excited to have you here, Tyler. Hey, thanks, Duff. Appreciate being here. Uh, this will be uh, this will be fun. Yeah, totally. Uh, now you are just just shy of a year being out on your own after being the content director. I, I don't know exactly what your title was with Thinkific, which a lot of people who are listening to this show will know about. But yeah. tell me about that journey and where you're at today. Uh, sure. So I, uh, I was their content manager for about three years, um, starting in 2016 up until January of 2019. Uh, and during that time, I um, helped to publish and promote hundreds of uh, pieces of content, probably over 500 pieces of content, um, everything from blog posts to videos, uh, webinars, courses, case studies, all, all kinds of stuff. So I, I got my hands in pretty much all the types of content that a business can create and publish to drive awareness and leads. Um, and Thinkific grew. Uh, they had a great growth rate while I was there. They're still growing at a, at a great growth rate. Um, I started with being employee number 12. And by the time I left, they had about 80 employees and uh, just over 35,000 uh, users of their online course creation software mm -hmm. and we didn't even have a sales team during that time so all of the sales came through uh, either referrals word of mouth partnerships or content um, no ads no salespeople so that was pretty cool to see like thousands of leads come in and thousands of customers come in from the work that myself and everybody else on the marketing team was doing yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, that's where I really um, learned this stuff, learned how to grow a business with content. And then I, I, when I left Thinkific, it was to start an agency with a partner. Mm -hmm. uh, we help other businesses with their content marketing. Uh, we offer services and consulting to help them get some more traffic and get them more leads from the content. Yeah, I, I, uh, the reason I brought that up right off the bat is just because, uh, you know, I'm from the, your neck of the woods and also I float in the startup circle. So I was aware of Thinkific right when it was at the beginning and I'm surprised we didn't meet back then. But um, 
I think what that does is it gives you a really great awareness of both online marketing and transformation world and also the startup world, just having been there early. And I think that's kind of what we try to bring here with, you know, in Duffland here is we try to bring that startup thinking to the transformation world. I yeah. think it's really important. It, it gives you a good appreciation of, of, of that. So. And that's why I had a lot, I had a lot of fun working for Thinkific because it was, um, even though by the time they hired me, they were already into, I think it was year three, maybe even year four as a company. Yeah. Um, but that's because those first few years, there was a lot of iterations like the CEO, Greg Smith, uh, what he envisioned for Thinkific when he first started it is radically different from what it actually became. Yeah. Um, there were a lot of uh, revisions to the product and, and, and the ways that they were helping their customers. Uh, so by the time I came on board, there was a really good product market fit. And so the, the growth rate, like they were just starting to create momentum and I got to go in there and help, help, uh, help maintain that, that momentum. Um, but absolutely, like it was fun being really scrappy. By the time I left, it was a lot more structured, starting to feel a lot more, more corporate, you know, bigger teams, a lot more process driven, less scrappy, way more data driven, um, which is, you know, part of the process of, of building a bigger company. Uh, for sure. Um, but yeah, those, those first few years was, uh, it was a lot of fun for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so now you've got your new enterprise is uh, around the idea of influence and scale mm -hmm. uh, and also helping content creators and entrepreneurs grow their businesses. So um, tell me more about where you're at and, and what you're doing today. Yeah. So we're, uh, we're just coming up on the first year. Uh, my business partner and I have, of focusing on this full time. We actually, um, you know, we, we met and I pitched him this idea of like, uh, helping entrepreneurs with their funnels and with their content as a service uh, while I was still at Thinkific. And we tested the waters a little bit by working with some people on the side. And, uh, you know, the first thing that we sold was, uh, was like a webinar funnel project that we did for somebody. And then we did a couple of those to prove that we could get clients and, you know, test the waters of working together. And then shortly after we jumped into it full time, we realized that these people that even if they had an offer and they had a sales funnel of some kind, they all needed, you know, traffic. They all needed more people, more, more awareness and more leads or the, or these fancy funnels that existed were just kind of like wasted assets on the internet. Right. So, mm -hmm. um, so we, I pre-sold, I, I just put, posted on social media and I said, Hey, if we came out with this offer where we took your content and we did all the repurposing and the promotion for you and made sure we were driving leads for you, is that something that would be valuable? Um, and then that got us away from just doing one project at a time, these webinar funnel things to being able to work with clients on a recurring basis and, and serve them, um, you know, with a certain amount of deliverables and managing their campaigns on a monthly basis. And so that, um, that service got more traction than helping people create a webinar funnel, which right. there's, I mean, there's hundreds of people offering that now. Um, so we doubled down on that. Um, providing, you know, content marketing and repurposing and promotion and lead generation and like done for you. Um, and for, for businesses that are just not quite ready to double down on that, um, I'll propose some consulting for a few months to get them ready and make sure that they've got tracking systems in place, email marketing in place, a funnel of some kind in place before we actually tackle um, increasing awareness through content for them. So those are the two offers we've got right now. Um, we're probably going to come up with a course too as well. 
Um, cause you know, we're not, I'm not trying to be Gary V. I'm not trying to build a 500 person agency. We do want to actually mm-hmm. keep our fulfillment team small and keep the number of clients that we provide services to, um, pretty small. So to just help more businesses and reach more people, we're going to go in the direction of teaching what we've been doing sure. um, for these clients and then, uh, and having an online course. So that, that'll be, that'll be a big focus for, for 2020 as well as, is getting, uh, an online training offer into the hands of a lot more entrepreneurs. I love the way you approach things. I've actually been an admirer of yours online just to see how you do things. And you used a word Thanks. just a minute ago called iterate. And so mm-hmm. I actually talk about the four eyes when I talk about um, growing your business and designing products and marketing and that, and those are iterate, ideate, uh, intention and implementation, yep. you know, and like toggling between those four things. And I, I love it that you guys hold the vision for what you're trying to do. You're, yep. you're executing on your plan, uh, but this relationship between coming up with new ideas and then iterating your way through them. Yeah. I think it just, it's, it's like second nature to you, which is I think a real strong lesson that people can learn from. Well, and, it, and it's never ending. Like I'm proven wrong all the time. So I've learned to appreciate the data and look at the data. And if something's getting traction, I'll give it more focus. And if something's not getting traction, I'll stop giving it focus. Um, and I think that's probably um, an important quality to have as an entrepreneur, because sometimes what you think is so great and so perfect turns out that it's actually not in the right. eyes of like, who knew <laughs> the, the market or yeah. whoever you're trying to reach. So yeah. I've been, I've been humbled many times over the last 10 years. And, uh, Working, spending that time at Thinkific and working for Greg, who is very data-driven. Like, I never saw a decision made out of ego or vanity. It was all data-driven, and he was willing to, you know, to cut resources to projects that weren't performing as as hard as it was and as as upsetting as it would be um, because we had to respect the data. And so um, I've just carried that kind of mentality with me, and uh, we're constantly, like, pre-selling everything right down to the free resources I give away. Like you might've seen me post on Facebook every time I have an idea for like a worksheet or a checklist or something that I could give away. I post on social media and I say, Hey, I've got this thing. If you want it, leave a comment below. 90% of the time I haven't actually created that thing yet. I'm just like figuring out if people want it. And if I get a bunch of comments, okay, that, that night or the next morning, I'm going to go create the damn thing, message everyone and then give it to them. Um, But if nobody wants it, I'm not going to go and create it. Right. Um, so yeah. I guess I'm, I'm risk adverse in a way and, and, and very data driven for sure. But it's very instructive, you know, like uh, I'm sure you've seen this. I'm 54 and you're definitely younger than that. So a yes. lot of the folks, <laughs> right. So a lot of the folks that I uh, end up working with, one of the things that happens is that if I was were to say to them, Hey, create a lead, a lead magnet. Yeah. Uh, what you've just said is so each one of those cheat sheets or whatever is a perfect lead magnet. Um, you don't need to overthink it. Just figure out what it is, put it out on, on Facebook. Yep. Say if people want it. And, and like, I think in terms of version one, like sure. I, whatever it is that I'm creating, um, even the service that we're providing, it wasn't perfect the first time. Like we, and, and, but that's why the price was lower. So I, like as a, as I'm getting better at creating and I know that more value is there. Like I'll, I'll charge accordingly and, and, and raise the price, but I'm never, I never start with the goal of getting it perfect on day one mm-hmm. because then I could end up spending six months or a year, like trying to create something. 
and then think that it's perfect. But again, that goes back to, well, what I thought was perfect is probably not perfect to somebody else. And I'm going to find that out pretty quick as soon as I hit publish right. or as soon as I launch the thing. So I'd rather just, uh, my partner and I will both settle for progress over perfection mm -hmm. and, um, and just constantly be in the mindset of how are, can we improve things? Can we refine things? Um, and recognizing that we may never get to perfection. You know, we may never get there, but uh, if that was the goal, then that might actually stop us from, from putting something out in the first place. So we would just, we'll take progress and, and, and good results for clients like over, over being perfect. Yeah. I love that. It's uh uh, I actually end up talking about this a lot in some of my content, this idea of learning by doing in entrepreneurship. Like, I just think it's a really important thing to embrace. And I think with you guys, uh, obviously, when we were talking offline a little bit, uh, one of your skill sets as a company is to help people to understand where to focus and where not to focus, mm -hmm. which is what you talked about. And I think that that goes in hand in hand with what you're talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like we, we help, we help businesses with content marketing and we're super clear on who is actually the right fit for that. Um, and we'll, we'll tell them up front, like, first of all, we have barriers in place so that uh, a potential client couldn't even get into my calendar without filling out a form. And I've got some information already so I can decide if, if I want to take the call. Um, but even then, uh, the sales process, it's like we're screening big time and making sure that we can help them because we don't want to work with anybody for a couple of weeks and then it doesn't work out and then off we go. Like we want to keep clients for a long time because we're able to produce results for them for a long time. So we're super, super picky up front so that um, it's a great relationship in the long run. Um, and so we, I've gotten good at figuring out uh, when it's appropriate to focus on content marketing um, and when somebody's out like outgrown the need to outsource that and they and when they should you know bring that internal internally and have uh, full-time employees in charge of their marketing so there's this sweet spot where we're of of businesses that we like to help and that sweet spot is they're past the foundational stages of like just trying to figure out who their market is or or making sure they have a good product or service making sure they can they know how to close deals like they're past that phase, um, but they're not quite at the phase where they can afford full-time employees and a team and a, you know, a team of a half a dozen marketers, because as you know, all the things that you can do online from content to ads to, um, you, you know, uh, video podcasts, blogs, webinars, like whatever it is that you're going to do We're at a point where every one of those is like a specialty <laughs> and, right. uh, like it took us six months to train our fulfillment team because we broke up what we do for a client into all of these specialized roles and each person on the fulfillment team ha has a specialty. Like nobody can do it all. Um, and so un until, until a business can afford to hire, you know, a half a dozen people because they each own a specialty, that's when it makes sense for them to work with like an agency. So that's, that's, uh, I, I know I went on a bit on, uh, on a bit of a tangent there, but yeah, we've gotten super clear on who we can help based on what we think they should be focused on. Uh, yeah. At the time. Uh, I love what you, we were talking offline and we were talking about a, a particular instance where you systematized something using, um, using a particular tool, Trello. Mm -hmm. um, but I, what you're kind of saying without saying it is that when you um, have been setting up your business 
-hmm. And therefore, when you set up relationships with clients, like you're very systems driven, you have some, you've built some strong systems into your business already just in one year. Thank you. And I think, um, you know, it felt like a lot of, uh, it felt like a little bit overkill. Like my, my business partner Chuck has bugged me because, you know, even just a couple months into our business, I had our Google drive set up by like departments, you know, here's the, here's our marketing department, here's sales, here's client fulfillment, here's operations. Mm -hmm. And he's like, dude, like you're going a little bit crazy with, uh, with our systems here, like we barely even have a couple of clients yet. Like, what do you do? <laughs> I'm just like, right. I'm, I'm just getting ready for what we do. Like, I just want a, a strong foundation for us, you know? Um, so I've got like, you know, spreadsheets, checklists, um, where we rely on Asana for project management right now. And so for our own stuff, we have these boards on Asana. Um, but also for each client has like a content calendar on Asana where, you know, a video comes in and we'll take it and there's like checklists of things to do for all the stages of, you know, editing, publishing, promoting, um, running ads and so on. Like it's all on Asana as checklists and stages. Um, and that just makes it easy for us to delegate to the fulfillment team. Um, cause we're, you know, they're all getting tagged on certain tasks and given certain deadlines and, and it's like a, it's like a production line, you know, like you, sure. you walk into a Tesla factory, you're going to see a production line and Elon Musk is generally not on the production line, like, but he helped create it. Right. Um, so we're, we're trying to do that where neither myself or, or my partner Chuck have to be on the production line, but for everything that happens in our business and for clients, we're, we create the product, we helped create the production line together. Yeah, it's very freeing to have the systems uh, in place because it allows yeah. you to be consistent, which is really important when you're putting content or when you're doing anything online to have that consistency um, yeah. because people are watching, uh, you know, especially with what you're talking about, like a lot of content. Um, if you just, if, if somebody just disappears for a while, yeah, right. The energy, the, the, the vibe around that mm -hmm. uh, makes the, the, the brand a little bit, unclear or perhaps less reliable so you yeah yeah there's definitely power in showing up consistently it's probably more powerful than than showing up once in a while with something really good mm -hmm. um just being in front of people all like as much as you possibly can so that you're top of mind all of the time for your market at least not for like the whole world you don't got to be famous or whatever you just got to be seen by your target market frequently um and it's systems that are going to keep that going. Uh, humans are very prone to error, myself included. If everything depended on me, uh, a lot of things would fall apart. So I try to make things not depend on me. <laughs> right. Right. And, and there's, a, there's an insight, I think, for the listeners here, just in what we're talking about, like, uh, and it just occurred to me talking. And so the consistency that you've been able to achieve through the systems mm -hmm. um, occurs to people when they see you, because you're very generous online. There's a lot of stuff that you put online and you give out yeah. freely. And you do so because you're testing. So yeah. it's very interesting, like the systems that you've put in place to make things consistent for yourself, selves, um, actually occur to other people as, as, as very giving, very generous. Uh, and so that, that's the vibration I get from your brand. Thanks. Awesome. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, I try to give, I, I, I don't hold back in any information I put out there that, that's for free. Um, because I know that uh, what people what most people need now is not actually information. What they need is help with implementing. Mm -hmm. uh, but the information helps them realize what they should implement and at least understand it. But I know that 99% of them aren't going to do it. Like sure. I can share a tactic of how to 
set up an ad a certain way or create a great blog post a certain way. And that might be useful for people, but I know most of them are not going to do anything with that. So there's no point hoarding the information because that's not, it, that's not the most valuable thing um, that I can provide. It's help with implementation. That, that, that's the most valuable thing I, I can provide. And so, uh, yeah, I try to be generous with information. Um, I think it helps build trust. You know, like, mm-hmm. you know, you've given me a compliment that you've seen my stuff and it's, I'm sure it's helped you trust in my, uh, in my competency and in, in my industry. Um, so yeah, I don't think anybody can go wrong being generous with the information they give out and then they can charge when they actually work with somebody to, to make sure that that impl- that information is being put to use. And it's helpful to put it out that way too, because you get some really useful feedback. So in, in yeah. real time, you know, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, you had a really good post recently where you broke down the, how you've built this company up, like all the missteps that happened in the process of creating this new company that you have. And I thought that was a great post because a lot of people, I think they just see kind of a result. They see a success. They see Mm -hmm. somebody that they compare themselves to and they don't know, maybe they don't understand or they don't see all the grit and the tears and the failures that happen along the way. So can you Mm -hmm. tell me more about that story that you wrote? Um, I'm, I don't remember off the top of my head exactly what post it was, but, uh, it was just your story about the, the different things, the different jobs that you had leading up to what you're doing. Oh, sure. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I remember now. Yeah. So I know I'm, I'm a, I'm a young guy. You've alluded to it. Um, and I look younger than I actually am. I, so I, I just turned, uh, 30 in, uh, October of, of 2019. Mm-hmm. And I look like a 20 year old, uh, especially if I get a haircut, but I've been in this world of sales and marketing for over over ten years now. Um, starting with started off in uh, in network marketing, like a financial planning company in network marketing. Went an entire year without getting a client. Um, learned a lot about mutual funds and insurance, but was too scared to talk to people about it. <laughs> so ne- so never got a client. So I realized that that was that was a. I had to get over that, like my fear of talking to people if I was going to be in business. So uh, my next job was door-to-door sales and that helped me get over that fear real quick. Uh, and I spent 18 months doing door-to-door sales six days a week on hundred percent commission, uh, selling TV, internet home, and home phone. From there, uh, I got into real estate. I was selling real estate from like 23 to 25. And it was while I was in real estate that I started creating content on the side. Uh, couple of years of doing it as, as a hobby. Um, I got good enough that people were willing to pay me to create content and that led to working for Thinkific. And then at Thinkific, I just really dove in heads down for three years and learned all I could about growing a business with, with content marketing. And, um, and then that's led me to where I am now. And there's, there's certain, there's other jobs and other things in between that didn't work out, but I think those are like the main highlights. So really it's been 10 years of me like adding certain skills to like my tool belt. And probably spending like, you know, at least one to two years on each of these different skill sets that I thought would help me as an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that there's like, there's a lot of marketers on there that are kind of setting people up for failure by telling everyone they can be an entrepreneur and start an online business and it happens overnight and this and that. But if you really think about it, like to pull off running a business, there's you need to understand like quite a few different functions. Like you need to understand sales, marketing, product or service or client fulfillment, um, finance, operations, team building, 
um, systems, processes. Like that's five or six departments that you need to at least understand enough about to pull it off properly or hire, or, or hire somebody to, to be in charge of that for you. Um, and so it took me, yeah, about one to two years uh, diving into each one of those things before I could bring them all together. And so people might look at me now and, and say, oh, this Tyler guy, you know, he just started his own thing this year and it's already getting some good traction. Like, wow, that's really impressive. But that's, it, it actually took me 10 years to get the skills to pull off this kind, this sort of traction in my first year as a, as a full-time um, entrepreneur. So I, I do want to set the right expectation with people that like, I, you know, you got to treat this like any other profession. Like if, if, if you want to be a business owner, like compare yourself to the engineer that goes to school for almost 10 years or the doctor that goes to school for almost 10 years. Like that's just preparation for them to get in the game. <laughs> and right. so your years of preparation for running a business might, it might be five or 10 years of preparation. And that's if you're actually attacking all of these different skills that you need to learn. Um, it's not going to happen on uh, like by accident. You, you need to actually go after the skills and buy the courses and go to the events and hire the mentors. Like, uh, you know, I've spent a lot of time and money on, on, to be able to get these skills. And um, it, in the short run, there wasn't a big payoff. Like a year in financial planning with no client, that kind of sucks. You know, couple, almost two years of knocking on doors, never, never made more than like four or five grand a month in commissions. That kind of sucked you know, to work 60 or 70 hours a week. So there was no immediate payoff for some of these things, but in the long run, the payout, the payoff was really good. Like I'm, I'm very privileged now to be able to support my family, to be able to control my schedule and do work that I like and work with clients that I like. Um, but it was like 10 years to get here. Yeah. I think you're the antidote to the serial overthinker as I, as I talk to you, right? Some, some of, some of uh, the folks that I know who are kind of my age and I, and I have a philosophy of why, why that happens, but um, you know, we tend to, so we're, we're, we're overthinking everything. And so I love it that mm -hmm. you just step into it and um, you just put it out there. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I, I, I learned from the feedback of actually implementing and trying stuff. Yeah. Um, that's how, um, like I figure out how, what to change or what to pivot, uh, is from the feedback I'm getting from actually being in, in motion. If sure. I just sat down and thought all day long, I, I would think myself out of like getting anything done probably. Right. Um, I think advice that I was given, I can't remember from where, how I'd entered, how it got into my head, but I remember a quote that was like, be stubborn with your goals, but flexible with your strategy. Um, so I've been like for the past 10 years, kind of funny. Um, when I was like 19 or 20, I wrote this letter, a letter to myself that I dated like five years into the future and describing like what I wanted my life to look like. Right. And I came across this letter cause it's saved on in, in, in my Google drive, came yeah. across it the other day. And I realized that the life that I'm living today is almost to a T a little better in some areas, uh, than what I had written in that letter. It just took me twice as long to get here and it was a totally different path. But I realized that I actually got the outcome that I had, I had set the intention to get 10 years ago. Right. But the direction that, you know, the strategy that got me here was not even close to what I thought it was going to be when I was 20, 20 years right. old. Right. 
Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that, that's, I think something that we learn in the startup world is that you start with an idea and you kind of, you just, you, I think of it as like a salmon swimming, swimming upstream, mm-hmm. you know, like you're just swimming. And if you're a salmon starting your journey and you're like, I'm going to go this way. I mean, you just don't know. You just want to keep going upstream and you keep responding and pivoting and shifting the way you do things as you, as you go upstream. So, um, yeah. So yeah, you got to be swimming. That's the, that's the key. You got to be swimming. <laughs> you got to be swimming or those seagulls are circling. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, so you've got the influencer studio now. Tell me about influencer studio. Um, so that, yeah, that's the name of the agency that I run with okay. my partner. Um, okay. I'm pretty much our sales and marketing guy and my partner is in charge of client fulfillment. So, um, I help create the, like the process of the stuff that we're doing for the clients because that was my expertise was content marketing. Um, But he's been in business a lot longer than I have. He's, you know, built teams, hired teams, scaled companies bigger than I have. So he's really good at the operational stuff and I'm pretty, and I'm good at the, uh, the content marketing, social media kind of strategy type okay. of stuff. Um, cause, cause that's what I've been doing the most recently. So it, the, the partnership balances itself out really well. Um, cause we each are focused on our strengths. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, we've got the two services right now where we've got the done for you service, um, a content marketing service. We've got a consulting offer to help get somebody ready for doing content marketing. And then the, and then the third offer we'll have pretty soon is, is a, a training, uh, a training course, like an online course to teach content marketing and inbound marketing to other, other business owners. Um, that's it. That's what we're focused on for right now is just, uh, you know, continuing to improve the, the fulfillment process for the work that we do with clients. And then, um, and then transferring what we know to, uh, to other, other business owners. Yeah, I, I I love that. I, it, it's cool that you're going into online courses too. But you, again, you're 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 not just jumping in full hog. You're you're taking yeah. I, and I, I that was very intentional. Um, yeah. From the time that I spent working for Thinkific, I spoke to hundreds of course creators and hundreds of entrepreneurs and yeah. you know clients of Think of Thinkific did case studies on them. Wrote wrote guides to how to build a business selling online courses. And what I realized was that the people who uh, who jumped straight to creating a course as like their first product as an entrepreneur um, without first working with anybody like directly to like prove that what they were about to teach works or like just like work through their content and work through their process. Like they just went from idea to teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them flopped. Like a lot of those courses didn't do well or they missed the mark on who their target audience was or they missed the mark on putting the right content in the course or pricing right. it properly. And, and so I took a look, a re, like I took a close look at Thinkific's clients that were doing really well, yeah. uh, interviewed them in a lot of cases yeah. and realized that um, there were several, there was in many cases, several years of being an entrepreneur as like a service provider or a coach or a consultant or a freelancer um, before they actually created the course. And so for them, the course is what helped them scale their business and reach a lot more people, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't where they started. They started in the trenches of actually working directly with people and in kind of a non-scalable way. Uh, But those are the ones that in the long run did way better. So I said to myself, okay, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to do that. Even though I'm not um, super uh, excited about like an agency model, I'm going to do it anyway to make sure that 
what I think is what my content that I think is helpful, I'm going to go and make sure I prove that it's actually helpful. And all these processes that I'm creating for how to do content marketing, that they actually work. I'm going to go get, get, you know, actually do some campaigns and some content creation for other people, make sure it works. So I'm super grateful that um, I didn't jump straight to creating a course and just trying to build like a kind of a passive income model, sort of an online business. And it's been a time for money model. You know, the, the margins are smaller, the profit is smaller, but mm-hmm. we're, it's, it's a super valuable period for us because we're collecting case studies, we're collecting testimonials, we're testing our assumptions. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the time we do create a course, nothing is going to go into that course that I haven't already tested on calls with clients mm-hmm. and in services for clients. So um, I think that's what's a big part of what's going to make the course successful is having tested it one-on-one with, uh, with, with dozens of clients first. Yeah. You're building something. And, and I loved, uh, I was going to ask you what your biggest insight in business is, and that sounds like it might be it, you know, um, that's, that's a really important thing for people to understand. Isn't- yeah. I try to, you know, the think long-term, like a lot of people jumped into the create online courses thing. Cause I heard that's a great way to make money. And the same way people jumped into affiliate marketing or now they're jumping into you know, they jumped into Bitcoin and now they're jumping into CBD. Like there's, you know, there's, there's, you see these waves of people chasing a trend because they think that's what's going to make the money. And just from what I've seen, uh, if you can just, you know, pause, take a step back and ask yourself like, okay, is that trend the thing that, you know, is one or two years from now, is, is, is that what I want to be doing? And if like, if something doesn't get you to your longer term vision for yourself like that time's going to go by anyway so you you might as well base what you're doing on if that is going to serve you over the long run not if it's like a quick win for the next six months or the next 12 months but like hey would that get you to where you want to be like five years from now or 10 years from now i think the the longer the the long the further into the future that you think for and plan for then um the less impulsive you become with like mm-hmm. what, what you think is going to get you there. You know? I love that. Yeah. That, that's, that's a great insight. And I, and thank you for that. I think that's something that we could all learn from. Yeah, no, hey, no problem. Hey Tyler, it's been really fantastic to have you on the show today. Um, a, yeah. a, a breath of fresh air to the show, really insightful, um, really love what you're doing. And I want to make sure to give people the right URL to get in touch with you. Sure. Um, so they can go to influenceandscale.com yep. forward slash resources. Yep. That we give away like some downloadable resources, content marketing type of stuff. Um, there's a link to resources, free trainings, our Facebook group. You can find all our stuff uh, from there. So yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. And this was a lot of fun. I, I hope this was valuable for your audience and I, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, it was fantastic. It's, it's, good, it's good to connect with you again. And again, I'll just give out that URL, Tyler, for everybody. I've been speaking with Tyler Basu from Influence and Scale. And so you can go to influenceandscale.com forward slash resources. And there's all sorts of stuff there for, just for you. Awesome. Thanks so much, Tyler. And thanks to all my listeners for coming today to Off My Duff, the Entrepreneur Podcast. And as you step out into the world and make the impact that you want, make sure to teach what you love and to live from your truth. I'm Duff Gardner. See you next time. Thank you. Hey, everyone. I'm Duff Gardner, and you've been listening to my show, Off My Duff, the Entrepreneur Podcast, where we're all about getting off your backside and making your impact by living your truth. 
If you're like me and you're an entrepreneur with a heart to help others, you need an offer that sells. An offer that sells helps you get traction with your business, more sales, more clients, more gigs, more fans, and more deals, period. And here's what I believe. Your offer is the purest expression of your truth. So that's why I've created a free ebook, Offers That Sell, the eight-step revenue breakthrough system. Simply go to offersthatsell.com forward slash book to grab your free copy, and you can even follow it up with a chat with me, should you wish. It's been wonderful to have you here with us today. And as you get off your backside to make your impact on the world, remember one thing, teach what you love, live from your truth. I'm Duff Gardner. See you next time. Bye now.